0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Friday. Hope you're excited for the weekend. A lot of great football coming up. Um, it's a big, like some not not moving day, but it's a big Saturday uh, for college football, and then of course a huge NFL week. I am Will Brinson. I'm your host of the Daily NFL Podcast. Coming up, we have an interview with NFL and CBS's Trent Green. He's going to be calling the Chiefs at Browns game, and then we'll make picks with Pete Prisco and R.J. White. We're looking to get warm this week. Pete went four and one of the Super Contests last week, but first we got to break down. Hey uh it's hey, so another another fantastic Thursday night game with Brian <laughs> with Brian McFadden. B Mac, what's up, man?
1: What's up, Will? What's up, Will? It was an unbelievable game, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say this. Um, if you bet on the Raiders, you were dead in the water from the get go, and that was unbelievable because like you could have gotten the Raiders plus two and a half or plus three to start, right? No, it didn't matter at all, but when, if you're the Raiders plus three and then you find out that Nick Mullins is starting, you're like, okay, this is great. And then this kid who has never thrown a professional pass in his career goes out and goes 16 of 22 for 262 yards three touchdowns he had a perfect passer rating through the first two drives it looked like the Raiders might adjust at some point and they just didn't um I mean how would you how would you like was that do you put that on Mullins playing a great game is that Kyle Shanahan stepping up his his game planning or is that the Raiders just being a terrible terrible football team
1: well I'll say this um about Kyle Shanahan I think he's one of the more respected intriguing offensive minded coaches in the National Football League mm-hmm. when you look at offensive coordinators throughout the entire league in my opinion and also talking with a few coaches that currently coach and have co- that have coached against Kyle they believe he's one of the he's at least a top 3 coordinator in the game mm. as far as play caller you know you Sean McVay Sean Payton Kyle Shanahan is right in that conversation but the personnel It's not the the same as the Rams and the Saints and some of the other uh, outstanding offenses, but he had a great game plan in place. Give credit to Nick Mullins because he executed the game plan. He protected the football, but we have to be honest and be real. The Raiders' defense is bad. Mm -hmm. That's a bad defense. Well, a week ago, uh, the Indianapolis Colts came to the black hole, had a— Phenomenal day, big day. Andrew Luck threw the ball well. Uh Mac, Marlin Mack ran the ball well. So this defense has been bad. That's the one consistent thing about the Raiders, especially on the defensive side. They have been consistently bad the entire year.
0: They really have. And I don't think things are gonna get better. I mean you know, they traded Khalil Mack and, uh, and, you know, I mean, at the end, it was like AJ McCarran and a bunch of dudes out there. Uh, Calessio Assembly was on the bench. Of course, um, you know, Colton Miller, their first round pick. I did think that the offense stalled out a little bit when Colton Miller was taken out, but, um, you know, the, the whole, the Raiders as a whole just looked terrible. Real quickly on Mullins, I think it's interesting. So would you, would you want if you were on the 49ers would you want the the 49ers to keep starting mullins next week or do you do you bring back cj Beathard? because they get the Giants, uh, at, oh my god, at, are they on Monday night? Oh my god. They, <laughs> the Giants and the 49ers is a Monday night game? Why are they doing this to us? Uh, <laughs> the realization of that live was pretty funny. Um, yes. <laughs> so they do get the Giants at home on Monday night football, back to back primetime games. Um, uh, you got, you know, you get, uh, 11 days basically to prep, uh, to prep Mullins. Would you go with him again or would you, would you bring mm. back CJ
1: Beathard? You know, it's, it's it's about the health. It's about the health of C.J. Beathard. Granted, C.J. Beathard, you know, win-loss record clearly is below 500 as a starter. But he's played pretty good football. I like the way he competes. Even going back a year ago before they acquired Jimmy Garoppolo, he competed for this ball club. I think he should get an opportunity to be the starter if he is healthy. Also, to find a way to get Mullers in the mix and see what you have there going forward. We know... This franchise, they have their ideal franchise quarterback in Jimmy G. I think most importantly for for them going forward, the backup, the ideal backup, because I think playing in the NFL, you need to have a reliable backup based on what we're seeing with some of these franchise quarterbacks going down. So it's imperative for them to have a serviceable backup, and not to mention the more depth you have at that position, then that puts you in a place where you can potentially make moves like the New York Jets did uh, uh, with Teddy Bridgewater uh right before the start of the season. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree.
0: It's uh it's man, it's it it helps to have a good coach though. I tell you what, cuz you could see the first couple of drives just Kyle Shanahan scheming stuff up to make sure that Mullins, to make sure Mullins had good looks. There were scripted drives. Uh, he was ready to go. He knew what throws he needed to make. He knew what reads he needed to make. And I thought it was a cool story. Aaron Andrews talking about, um, you know, how Nick Mullins would stay after practice by himself and just, you know, listen to like, I don't know if he's out there listening to mute, but he have his headphones on and was just immersing himself into the playbook, trying to get better, trying hard. I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's fascinating. A, a crazy story. Like he just just don't see it coming much, uh, but but the Raiders look. Um, I mean, they're almost a bigger story. I think if if, it, you know, if that had been CJ Beathard, I think the Raiders would be a bigger story. But because it was Nick Mullins, it's kind of a surprise. I mean, the Raiders, are, BMac, are by far and away the worst team in football to me. Is there? Do you think that like are the Giants close? Because the 49ers were right there. Maybe maybe the Cardinals. Is anybody as bad hey, as the Raiders?
1: You know what? I think the Raiders will be one A, followed by the New York Giants one B. And granted, we will get an opportunity, like you said, to, to see them on prime time. Hmm. And I think the worst team, that would be the worst team bowl, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the loser will be, won't be self-proclaimed the worst team. They will be proclaimed the worst team in that ball game. we will see uh, coming up shortly. Uh, yeah, but I think, I think yeah, it, it's the Raiders. It's the Raiders. Uh, the offensive line uh, Thursday night would allow with 6 acts. Um They couldn't run the football the defense has been bad. The defense has been extremely bad, like I said. I'm sorry, they had seven sacks. Mm. Seven sacks on Derek Carr, I one on, one on them. A.J. Yeah. On AJ McCarron. Yeah. Yep. And A.J. McCarron only had three pass attempts, and <laughs> they got a sack on one of those <laughs> attempts. So they gave him a total of eight sacks. Um, There's nothing really positive to say about the Raiders on the field. Nothing at all. So, yes, I would give them – the worst team. And it's hard to think that there's an offensive line, Will, that's, that's worse than the New York Giants.
0: It, it is, man. And oh God, but they might, I mean, what do you make about the fact that Tom Cable left Seattle and goes to Oakland and the, the great Raiders offensive line turns to crap and the Seahawks terrible offensive line is suddenly like one of the sneaky best offensive lines in the league. I mean, is it, po- <laughs> is it possible that the coaching can do that?
1: Uh, you know what? Tom Cable has been a, 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 a well-respected offensive line coach throughout his coaching career. Um, I'm not going to read a lot into that. Now, granted, the Raiders are dealing with some injuries. Like you said, Miller went out early in the ball game against the 49ers, and clearly that hurt their chances as far as being able to pass, protect, and run block uh, uh, for, for, for the running backs. But I don't know. I mean, we know job security is something that Gruden is not concerned about. But well, as far as his staff, they need to be concerned because I mean the defense has been bad. Cable, I don't know what's going on with the offensive line, and they have some high paid offensive linemen. Yeah, oh yeah, Donald Penn, Kolicea, Assembly. Like I'm saying, like
0: if you're the Raiders, I mean, I get that you need to try to win, but why wouldn't you deal? Um, you know, I mean, like deal these guys at the you know at the, at the deadline, right? Like if you're tanking, if you're truly tanking, why wouldn't you? Um, you know, why wouldn't, they don't have Kletcher Assembly. What am I talking about? He's on the freaking, uh, uh, did I say Assembly twice? He's on the, he's on the Ravens. But I, I don't know how I blacked out on that. But they got Gabe Jackson, who's well paid, uh, Colton Miller. I mean, yeah, yeah, they got a ton of guys. Rodney Hudson is, I mean.
1: Rodney they, Hudson. They're gonna yeah. move,
0: they're gonna move these guys in the deadline. Uh, no, they do have Assembly. What am I talking they,
1: they about? They have Assembly. God. Assembly ended up playing tackle. Yes, yes, uh, okay, okay. Uh, this past Thursday because of the injuries, yes, but he's there.
0: Yeah, do you like, did I, did I just move Assembly from, the Raiders back to the Ravens and then back to the Raiders. <laughs> back
1: to the Raiders. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if I if I was if I wasn't lazy and it wasn't late at night, I mean early in the morning for people listening, I would go back and edit that out. At any rate, yes, they they could have traded Colizio Assembly at the deadline. There's not a ton of good offensive lines in this league. Somebody would have given you something for them. You could have piled up some more uh, draft picks as well. Be back. Let me ask you this: Do you? I mean, you, you played for most of your career and I, I believe, um, on, on pretty good teams. Like you, you had yes, one, year, one year with the Cardinals and I, I don't, I, it wasn't a bad year, right? Like, I yeah, mean, we
1: won a division, uh, made yeah. the second round playoffs. Yep.
0: Yeah, maybe you're the good luck charm. Um, do, <laughs> uh, so have you ever seen guys around the league look like they might be giving up? Cause it looked like the Raiders might be
1: giving up. Not this early, right? right? Yeah. Usually you may see that the middle or to, towards the end of December. But we're talking about this is the beginning of November. Yeah. And literally this past Thursday night, you saw a team pretty much lay it down. After halftime, they pretty much laid it down. I mean, that, um, what was it? It was a toss uh, uh, sweep that Raheem scored, the 52-yard touchdown yeah, yeah. Uh, that Moster, Raheem Moster. scored. yeah. The defenders just quit. Yeah, I mean, it just—they literally just quit. And I'm so, I'm hurt about that touchdown because I started Matt Breida in one of my fantasy leagues, <laughs> and I would have loved for that to be Breida breaking off that fifty-plus yard touchdown run. But yes, they quit. The offensive lineman quit, and I'm going off based on what I saw.
2: Yeah, right yeah, 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 yeah. now,
1: if they didn't quit, their effort was was poor. It was a poor effort on both sides of the ball. And being able to get dominated in the trenches, clearly that's more of a effort thing and they lack effort. And I don't know what's, what's next because, like I said, listeners, you know, if you watch football for quite some time, bad teams usually lay down in late December. You don't usually see this in early November.
0: Have you seen – do you want to hear the rest of their schedule? Because it doesn't get much better. Uh, they get the Chargers at home next week. Uh, they get 10 days for that, but they're going to get sandblasted by the Chargers. Uh, then they're at Arizona. That is the most winnable game remaining. At Baltimore the week after that. Chiefs at home. They haven't played the Chiefs yet. Uh, at Steelers <laughs> at home, at the Bengals, Broncos at home, and at the Chiefs. It is about to get very, very ugly for the Raiders. And I just don't see – like if you're in a picks league or you're betting, um, I don't see – you can take the raiders cuz they don't they don't look like a team that that comes out more prepared in the second half um like the the coaching is not there right now like it doesn't look like john gruden knows how to make adjustments to improve mm-hmm. at halftime and that's a that's a big part of coaching
1: yeah right, let me ask you this question will um with gruden the head coach for quite some time going forward <laughs> decade decade basically yeah. and knowing they decided to lock up Derek Carr over a year ago. Where do you see Derek Carr? Because I, the player that we saw two years ago looks nothing like the player we're currently seeing now.
0: That, I think it's a great question, and um,
1: I tweeted out a picture of this, but
0: on second and 11 uh, with 14.57 left, so the first player of the fourth quarter, they're down 31-3, so the game's basically out of hand, but they're, they're, they're in this, they're on the, the 49er side of the field, and Derek Carr, uh, takes a ball on second 11 and runs forward, and he slides, and he's like five yards away from a defender. And it like, I'm not saying he gave up, I just think he's gotten shell socked by being hit a ton. I, I, he hadn't thrown down the field at all, whether they're, Telling letting him or not, he you know he, he is like as soon as there gets, he, he sacked himself three or four times on Thursday night. Yeah. He 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 would panic and run up into the offensive line and fall down. He, he lowers his eye level really quickly, doesn't look downfield. looks for the checkdown. Um, I, I I gotta tell you, like if you look at his contract after this year, at BMac. That he has a twenty in twenty nineteen, he has a twenty two point five million dollar cap hit. They can cut him and save uh, fifteen million dollars. I feel very confident they will have a top three pick. I feel very confident they will use one of that pick on a quarterback. And I I just don't see Derek Carr on this on this on this team next year. I think either they cut him or they try to trade him to somebody like the Giants uh, at the combine.
1: You know what? That's a good call. Good call, and I think many felt like he may get traded before the trade deadline. Obviously, that didn't happen, but they have three, they have, I'm sorry, five first rounders in the next two drafts, mm-hmm. five. You can do a lot with that and understand and knowing listeners, Derek Call was not drafted by Gruden, and clearly, if you're not a Gruden guy, he has no issue moving you. Khalil Matt was not drafted by Gruden. Amari Cooper was not drafted by Gruden. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gruden. Some of the guys we've been seeing move or talk, talked about being moved, he has no ties with these guys. So I wouldn't be surprised knowing that he's hands on with the quarterback. Also, knowing that he is the play caller, that's a good point and something to look out for in the offseason coming up in 2019, basically. Seeing a guy like Derek Carr potentially being boom. But my thing is this going forward and looking ahead in 2019, the draft, this, based on what we know right now, I don't think this will be a quarterback heavy draft. It's not. It's not.
0: There's Will Greer and, um, is it Hopkins? Uh, Andrew, asking. you got Locke. Uh, Drew Locke from Missouri. Uh, yeah, yeah, Drew Locke. Is it Haskins from Ohio State? He could potentially go. Uh, Ryan, Dwayne Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, Wayne uh, Ryan Finley from NC State will have to go. I don't. I don't think he'd be a top three pick. And, and,
1: and, and Herbert. Yeah, but uh, has stated he will return to Oregon. So yeah, mm. I, I don't know if this is the draft you look for a potential franchise quarterback based on what we know now. Granted, a lot can happen between now and the combine and then the draft, but based on what we know now. Uh, the best pro-style, pro-ready quarterback probably would be Finley, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm not really, you know, jumping the gun on Locke, uh, you know, and, and, and some of these other, like you say Will Greer. I think Will Greer has the opportunity to be a pretty good quarterback. But is he a top five, top ten selection type of guy? I'm not quite ready to say that either. So, you know, we have to wait and see.
0: I'm with you all right let's move from uh, a terrible football team to an unbelievable legendary football team you uh Brian McFadden former Pittsburgh Steeler two times Super Bowl champion that is right you have you want two rings right did you yes sir two rings yeah feels good to have two rings I bet <laughs> um, uh, you are doing your own podcast you're doing a, a split you can get you're hosting it we've been we've been sort of teasing it on this show for a while uh it's I called appreciate it. Oh yeah for sure well i mean it's it's awesome i mean the the two thousand and eight Steelers are one of the greatest teams of all time. We talked about it plenty of times uh, you know football fans know about the team a great defense, incredible offense it's called the season the o eight Steelers I am now for, so I am going to read the, the the iTunes description in dramatic voice and then we're going to listen to you and I, Taylor very quickly. Mm-hmm. The Pittsburgh Steelers have won more Super Bowls than any other franchise in NFL history. The last time the organization hoisted the sticky Lombardi was a decade ago in Super Bowl XL III on the, actually that didn't work when I do it in the dramatic voice. Anyway, BMAC is, BMAC is going to do this awesome podcast. Uh, you got Heinz Ward, uh, Dick LeBeau. It's going to be a weekly show. Uh, it's going to starting on, uh, does it start on, does it start, uh, Thursday was like the uh, the the first release, right? Like the
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Thir- Thursday was a five minute teaser, yeah, uh, that we released, giving a taste of what's to come on the podcast. And this upcoming Monday, uh, that will be the, the the prelude episode with Ike Taylor getting caught up on off season, the two thousand eight off season, leading up to two thousand eight off season. Mm. I'm sorry, and then the first ten weeks of the regular season in two thousand eight. All
0: right, well, let's listen to that clip from
1: Ike Taylor real quick. I don't hate it at all. But, Mac, I hated the Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. with a passion. I hated the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, we all did. A passion. Now, I love everybody. Like, now, after the game, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. We cool. We cool. During the game? But during the game, it, if you had that purple and black on. Man, we didn't like you. I hated you, Mac. Mm-hmm. I hate I don't know what the OGs and the veterans instilled in I think they brainwashed us. They did. But I hated the Ravens with a passion, with a passion, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, the hair just sticks up off my arm when I talk about Like, them. right now, you know, you feel some type of weight. Uh, to this day. That, yeah, right, for real. Like, I love saying I hate them. Yeah, yeah. It's personal. That's just how I it was. It's personal, and I think for us, we knew what it meant. We knew that was a team that either could prevent us from reaching our goal. All right, and so that's like Taylor, so
0: like – You like the the you guys talked about the rivalry, and I think the line that that Ike used was, "I love saying I hate them" when talking about the Ravens. (laughs) I mean, like, there's zero love loss between the Steelers and the Ravens, right? And it's it is it. I don't I don't think it's still is it still the same as it was back then because that was like pure hatred days.
1: Yeah, you know what? Uh I don't know if it's still the same as far as between both organizations because of course I'm not as connected as I was as a player. Sure. Uh, I know I know our fans hate them, their fans hate <laughs> us. I know our players vice versa with their players. I think the difference between when we played against the Baltimore Ravens compared to now was that there were so many household name players that had played in that ball game for quite some time that they became usual suspects like the Ray Lewises of the world, the Heinz Heinz Ward of the world, uh, you know, James Ferrier, Joey Porter, um, you know, Jamal Lewis, Ed Reed, uh, Derek Mason, Todd Heath, uh, Jonathan Ogden. I'm talking about superstar players that always went to battle with each other and then came along Joe Flacco, you know, guys like that. So as far as the tradition – That that rivalry brought in the tradition that we upheld was extremely high. And that made that rivalry that much more intense, knowing that you had Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer going to battle, going to battle uh, year in and year out. And also, too, when we were playing, we were fighting for something bigger than a divisional championship. I mean, we played them twice, and in, in the playoffs, uh and that was for all the marbles, you know, yeah. trying to get to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I mean, and this too, like you're talking about, uh, you know, a team that, um, you know, when you when you talk about the 08 Ravens, like this, I mean, Ray Lewis, Bart Scott, Terrell Suggs, like Ed Reed, like like you said, these guys are these guys aren't exactly. Hanging out and being cool. You know, like, this is like one of the, like, the most passionate, angry, violent old school football rivalry there was.
1: <laughs> no question. Talking about the hits that were uh received and, and given out, uh, the the, the trash talking. Uh like you said, Bart Bar Scott, uh T Sizzle, of course he's still a part of the rivalry. I mean, it was it was it was a it was a hated, hated rivalry. But we got up for those guys, and they got up for us. And one thing you can always say that's kind of different than what it is now. Anytime there was a Ravens-Steelers matchup, you knew it was going to be a bloodbath. You knew it was going to be a physical, physical, physical game. Now it's still the same as far as low-scoring low affair. But the, the physical nature is not the same. Granted, the league is going in a different direction. We know all about that. But when you watch the Steelers – In the Ravens play, I remember in that 2008 season, that playoffs, the playoffs, the AFC championship game, when Ryan Clark hit Willis McGahee on an F-angle route. Mm -hmm. Willis ran an F-angle route out of the backfield, which is basically an angle route. He went went towards the the hash mark when he pivoted across the football field. And Ryan came out of the half-safety spot that he was at and literally— Laid Willis out. And guess what? There was no flag on the pill- on the plate. <laughs> Ryan knocked Willis out. He ended up knocking himself out. It was a fumble. But we're on the, as the defensive players, we were so amazed to see this hit in real game time action. We didn't even try to get the fumble. Oh it was like, God. wow. It sounded like a cannon on the football field. Those were the type of blows that we saw almost every matchup. You know, so... Plays like that you would never forget in a Red Raven Steeler matchup. Not to mention, will like I said, that was in the AFC Championship game.
0: They, they were great games and great teams. So make sure to check out. You can you, you listen to it and subscribe. The season. 2008 Steelers are part of the CBS Sports Digital Podcast family. You can check it out on iTunes and everywhere else you get it. Uh, and you can, you can, BMAC, if you want to see it, he's got a link to it on his Twitter account, at BMAC underscore sports talk. Always a pleasure talking with you, buddy. We will, uh, holler next week. Great stuff, man. Yes, sir.
1: Thank you. Thank you again.
0: You know, it's not smart going, uh, getting fired on a Monday and then spending your, I don't know, Thursday, uh, giving interviews, telling everybody about, uh, about how you didn't mess up at the office. Then going on, on, on TV on Friday and saying you didn't mess up at the office either. That's what Hugh Jackson's doing. It's not smart. You know, it is smart. And this is what the Browns should do. Use ziprecruiter.com in order to just hire somebody. And If you go to ziprecruiter.com slash pick, that's P I C K, you can hire the right Person. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them for you. It's powerful matching technology, scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. It invites them. You don't have to go look for them. It invites them. So you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. The rating coming from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. And right now you can get ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash pick. At ZipRecruiter.com slash pick. ZipRecruiter.com slash P-I-C-K. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, joining us now, NFL on CBS broadcaster, former NFL quarterback, great NFL quarterback, Trent Green. Trent, how you doing?
2: I'm doing great. It's uh, you know, it's that time of season where things start dividing out. You start figuring out which teams are in are are for real in this race, and uh, and which ones are going to fall away, and and. you need to start uh, developing and looking towards the future. So it's, uh, it's a fun time of the year.
0: It is. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to make a bold claim. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be in the hunt, uh, at the, uh, at the, at the end of the season. <laughs> and uh, I mean, right. I mean, am going down a limb here. That would,
2: uh, yeah, you, if you just put the jinx of all jinxes, <laughs> that would be the most epic of collapses if that, if something didn't, uh, didn't work out in their favor. But yeah, I, do, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't see that happening.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because the last year the Chiefs Jumped out to a really like a, a great start, Alex. I had I picked Alex Smith as my mid season MVP last year, even though I sort of knew in the back of my mind he wasn't going to be the MVP at the end of the year. Um, do you do you think there's any chance we see the same sort of uh, drop off, fallback, uh, slow down at all for Patrick Mahomes, or has Andy Reid got this thing revving so much that the Chiefs are going to keep this going through the season?
2: You know, that was that was a uh, pretty historic deal what they had, you know, last year, starting off undefeated and then I think the middle of the season they went like one and six. Yeah. And then they finished off, you know, and that was when the Chargers got back in the mix and everybody late in the season everybody's like, Well the, the, the Chiefs are done, the Chargers are on a roll, it's gonna take over and then the Chiefs go on a I think they finished the season four straight wins to uh, to lock up the division again. So I don't see that happening again. Um I don't know why that happened a year ago. There were there were some uh, some really close losses that they had that uh that could have gone either way but uh but the way this team is going right now their their offense is going obviously injuries can happen and all kinds of stuff can happen but i don't i don't see it happening i i think uh, their defense is getting healthier i think people are starting to get back so i think they're going to continue to get better uh and then offensively it's just been man it's like a track meet out there figuring out which which person's going to score and and from what part of the field because uh They've got a lot of team speed.
0: It's it's crazy. Yeah, it, and, I mean, like, honestly, I mean, I try to watch – you know, you're, you're calling games every week. You know, I try and watch as many games as I can on a given Sunday. But I almost make sure every week that I get one of my TVs locked in on the Chiefs because they're so fun to watch. Is this more about – uh of course, I'll be watching it, you know, NFL and CBS this week with the Browns and the Chiefs. Um, is this more about Patrick Mahomes? Is this – Andy Reid's system is it the personnel around him is it the 2018 rules or is it just like a, everything kind of coalescing in a perfect storm
2: I think it's more of the latter I think I think it's everything just coming together uh you know it's interesting they're playing the Browns this week and John Dorsey who's now the GM of the Browns mm. he was kind of the the architect of putting this whole thing together he and Andy Reid came in uh six years ago and, and put this roster together and and John's actually the one that, that drafted Patrick Mahomes so um, seeing this all come together you know eric fisher uh, was the guy they took with the first pick and he's really developed into a, a solid left tackle schwartz was in cleveland for uh, four or five years and and uh, as a free agent switched over so their tackle position is, is pretty squared away um, their interior line on the offense is uh, dealing with some injuries right now but is solid you know kareem hunts only in his second year had a Great rookie year where he led the league in rushing. You know, Mahomes had that year behind uh, behind Alex Smith and has really just kind of taken the league by storm. Tyreek Hill, you know, they got his uh, – you know, he was a running back in college and they took him as a as a return guy and they said, well, let's just see if we can turn him into a receiver. And, and now all of a sudden he's one of the best receivers in the league. I think that's the thing that I've been as impressed with anything – Uh, is how he's developed with his hands. He really does a good job with his hands. A lot of times you convert guys from running back. they, They want to catch it with their body. They don't trust it. Uh, and then I haven't even talked about Kelsey or Sammy Watkins or any of the other guys. Conley they took, so they're uh, they're stacked, and it's really uh, all coming together right now.
0: Yeah, and it's like even if you take away uh, Kelsey or you take away Tyree Kill, good luck taking away either of those guys. Of course, uh, they got so many other people that can beat you. Um, do you think that how big, how important was that for Mahomes to sit behind Alex Smith? Because we we always see this debate in. I mean, we've seen it for uh, gosh ten years now, whether uh, you know you should actually more than that because Philip Rivers was talking. About him and Breeze, you know, should you sit? Should you start right away? Uh, it seems like it really benefited Patrick Mahomes in terms of his decision making and his willingness to take what defenses give him. How, how important do you think that year behind Alex Smith was?
2: You know, I, I was fortunate uh, that I was able to cover the Chiefs in the preseason. Actually, I've covered the Chiefs in the preseason for the last nine years. And uh, so I've been around them in training camp, and, and I got to spend a lot of time with Patrick this summer, and, uh, and I said, I know a lot's made about, you know, what you learn from Alex and that kind of stuff, but, but having a couple sit-downs with him and talking to him, I said, what, what, you know, what was the real difference? And he said, you know, number one, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, when you come out of college and everything is, is thrown at you, it's new terminology, you're trying to learn new plays, you're trying to learn, you know, obviously life on your own. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, right? And, yeah. and you're getting ready for the draft and the combine and all the stuff. He says, and now I get to come in and I'm sitting behind Alex who's as smart as anybody that's ever played the position. And he goes, I get to study him and watch him, how he prepares, how he studies tape, how he studies individuals, uh, how he, how he uh, you know puts together his plan against specific defensive coordinators or, or specific uh, secondary players or linebackers or defensive linemen, what weeks he's going to go more hard count, which week is he, you know. And a lot of that goes with Andy Reid as well. So he, he just was very complimentary of uh, just kind of sitting back and learning and and i thought he took a great approach uh he's conducted himself great uh throughout that entire season and then uh what i really liked about him is he he emerged himself into kansas city this off season once the trade was made alex went off to washington patrick really emerged himself he was going to royals baseball games He was huh. going to nascar races he was going to concerts he was he was out there um being involved in the community and and the people just loved him before he'd even taken a snap and now it's uh you know, last night for Halloween, I think half the town was Patrick Mahomes for Halloween. <laughs> you know, that's, he's, he's taking it by storm.
0: You know, that's interesting, um, and not to get off, but I think uh, one of the things that I always struck me as very uh interesting, very different than it's like a, like an offbeat storyline when when Jim Harbaugh came in and took over the 49ers Alex Smith was before he came in he was walking around in like a Padres hat and after Harbaugh got there you saw Alex Smith who's a Padres fan changed to like a 49ers or i mean a, a Giants hat almost like and he became part of the community i wonder if that sort of rubbed off on uh on Mahomes like hey man you need to be in there with these guys and be a part of the fans and and be a part of the community because it does matter like it reflects back on the quarterback right
2: it, it does, and, and I've always, you know, my career. Unfortunately, I wasn't in the same spot my whole career. I bounced around to a bunch of different spots, and finally got my legs in in Kansas City. Um, and and but all my stops, my wife and I were on the same page. We always wanted our family living in that city, and to be involved in the community, uh, be around it as much as possible. Because you're not only the leader of the, the team on Sundays, you know, you're the leader you know that you're the leader of the franchise i mean you you've got to be the face of the franchise and so uh, i think some of it goes back to pat his dad uh, playing playing major league baseball um, you know pat grew up in in locker rooms and and being around guys being around the alex rodriguezs and and superstars just seeing how they handled themselves how they conducted their business in terms of their preparation and and some of the things they did uh, and i and i really do i, th- I think he has an unusual calmness for a kid that just turned 23 years old and unusual calmness to be able to to kind of absorb all the stuff that's going on right now and he stays very level-headed with it so uh, hopefully that uh, that remains for him as he moves forward in his career
0: don't sell yourself short you had uh, uh, some awesome years in kansas city I mean throwing for four thousand yards before that was like a thing that that every, everybody <laughs> okay. i mean multiple years you led the league with 556 passing attempts in uh in 2004 i believe which is is like a that's like what do guys do in their sleep these days right and, 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 and your, your, your offensive coordinator then was al saunders too have you Have you talked to him about what went down in Cleveland and and how that all sort of uh, shook out and, and and where the Browns are right now in terms of you know moving forward and, and trying to tighten the ship and, and get Baker mayfield you know because I mean this is a big this is a big stretch down you know the last half of the season for Baker Mayfield.
2: Oh, it's huge. And and you know, I look for I haven't talked to answer your question. I haven't talked to Al Saunders yet. I look forward to talking to him this weekend. Uh, I got to know John Dorsey when he was here with Kansas City, so I look forward to talking to him. Um, you know, Greg Williams I've known for a long time, just now that I'm in broadcasting. First of all I was playing against him when he was coaching other wow. teams. Uh, and then uh and then now that I've gotten into broadcasting I you know get a chance to talk to the coordinators quite a bit. So now is since he's head coach I'll uh, I'll definitely get a chance to talk to him tomorrow. So uh, I look forward to catching up and seeing what the plan is, you know, what the what the formula is moving forward. Um, you know, John Dorsey, as I said, had had a a great 5-year run or, or 4 plus year run here in uh here in Kansas City and and uh I'd love to hear what his plan is cuz I I do know uh, you know, when you look at the what Baker Mayfield has kind of the, the energy he's infused into that city and into that organization Whoever is the head coach, whether you decide to stick with Greg Williams or you decide to to bring somebody else in, uh, you you have to mold things around uh, Mayfield and and try and build things up. And and I think the formula uh, that Dorsey had here, you know, starting with the offensive line and, you know, getting a solid running game and then putting weapons around, I mean, all those things have to come into play. And – you know we'll
0: see what happens. Yeah and it, one of the things that strikes me about this game Kansas City in in Cleveland and you know this as well as anybody because the ownership in place was you know there when you know it it's been there forever in Kansas City and you have this stability and this willingness to let the football guys do football things and there's you know you, it's just it's just a stable franchise and it's such a dichotomy with with Cleveland how important do you think it is for John Dorsey to sort of build out that 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 stable nature and, and to get Cleveland you know not to keep Jimmy Haslam out of it but you know like get everybody on the same page I mean that matters a lot in 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 the modern NFL right
2: it, it does and and my guess without knowing all the details of it my guess is that when John Dorsey agreed to to to, to come on board in Cleveland that he had those conversations with Jim Haslam um since haslam's been the owner it's i mean it 's been well documented the number of gms the number of head coaches that he 's gone through uh, in just a short period of time so my guess is that uh, that he gave john a lot of a lot of leeway in terms of how business was going to be conducted uh, in terms of the coaching and the football aspect of it in terms of uh, hey listen the owner's the owner if he wants to if he <laughs> wants to be Jerry Jones and be involved in the draft and the personnel decisions listen it's it's their dime they can do it it's it's their it's their thing but my guess uh just from what i've seen and uh uh, it, it looks like that, that maybe Haslam is, has, uh, has turned some things over to Dorsey from a football standpoint, and let's see what he can build, uh, because it hasn't been working in recent years.
1: Alright, we'll
0: get you out of here on this. I believe your midseason MVP was Patrick Mahomes, just like, uh, basically everybody else. Do you think that, <laughs> I mean, wh- who, like, right. you could make the case for Philip Rivers or Drew Brees or, or Tom Brady because... It's so
2: girly in there. I mean, yeah. yeah, he's, you know, Gurley's putting some, some pretty impressive numbers up there as well, but, yeah. Um,
0: but do you think that Patrick Mahomes ends up winning the MVP in 2018 when all is said and done?
2: Well, I to think he's going to maintain the pace that he's on now would be crazy. I mean, you're talking over 5,000 yards passing and, and 50 plus touchdowns and those kinds of things. So to, to so to think he's going to maintain that pace. Uh, I, I don't think so, but you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily think he would, he would do the, the first half of the season the way he has. so, um, I think you'll be able to do it. I think if you look at what their schedule is coming up, um, the one that jumps out to me is the the, the game against the Rams here in a couple of weeks in Mexico City. Uh, that uh, that's going to be exciting for everybody to watch because that's who knows what's going to happen with that one with those two offenses. So, um, but yeah, I do I do think Patrick Mahomes if he stays healthy and and the guys around him stay healthy, that offensive line has been has been pretty solid for him. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it happens.
0: All right, love it. Uh, by the way, nine point one percent touchdown rate for Patrick Mahomes, which would be which would be the second best. Like Peyton Manning's the all time leader in touchdown passes, would be the second best rate of Peyton Manning's career. So we'll we'll see. So, you, you might you might be right. It might not hold up.
2: So here's the crazy thing. I had a year. I want to say maybe it was two thousand three. I threw for over four thousand yards, and and I finished the year with twenty four touchdown passes. He's <laughs> at the midway point. He's only got twenty six. You got 26 of them. I'm like, this is crazy. This guy's just lighting it up. It's uh, it's a lot of fun to watch, and I look forward to uh, to being in Cleveland and calling the game this weekend.
0: All right, Trent. Thanks so much for your time, man. Look forward to seeing the game. All right, take care. All right, now joining me two uh, actually registered, licensed comedians. In the uh, <laughs> R.J. White and Pete Prisca.
3: Hilarious fellas live from Fort Lauderdale. Um, just laughing about how you picks, uh this, little, this show got a little long on me. That's fine. Now, before we start, we got to talk about how wired up your kid is on Halloween candy.
0: I mean, man, he's eating like – I just gave him – I, I had to come up here to do this podcast, I gave him three packs of M&M's. And uh, TV. I mean, last night he was up to like 11 p.m., like kicking and like like yelling and like talking. And in, in
4: we bed. should have him make his picks. <laughs> <hear> <laughs> He'd probably he probably
0: be the six. best of the week. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I get any worse, I would have turned to Robbie for my picks. Uh I went two and three in the super contest last week. Pete, four and one. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. I don't. Th- I think I went one and four. RJ, I don't. Think
3: I'm ahead of
4: you now. No, you went two and three. I did. That's what the uh the fantasy supercontest.com site
3: says. It tracks everyone's picks. Cool. You're uh you're. uh You're behind me now
0: in the Super Contest. Yeah, I I believe that my picks have been terrible. Four and one will will move you up
3: quickly. But you know what? You went. What'd you go? Two and three. RJ, where'd you go? I went two and three. And you know who had a way worse week than either one of you two? El The Goose. Goose. Mr.
4: Costos. He,
0: he went 0 for her. 0 oh, for 5. He knew it was coming. You could just, I knew it was coming. He of all of
4: us in the contest. That let's let's how, be clear. It <laughs> like, doesn't matter. He had an over
0: 5. Yeah, but he, over for 5. Uh, he missed on the Browns, oh, the Giants, oh, the Ravens, oh, the Raiders, oh, the Rams. Uh, they've dropped him down to 648th.
3: By the way, I feel an 0 5 coming for me this week. I just sense it. That's interesting. So I will avoid all your picks then. Yeah, I would. I feel like oh, I don't
0: like I did go two and three. I put in uh, the Cardinals.
3: Cool. What would you think you went?
0: One and four. I don't Welcome know. Welcome to the
3: podcast, Brinson. <laughs> uh, it's unbelievable. Um, excellent. Get on some candy next time you make your picks. Take your kids' candy away from I just, them.
0: That's why I was late. I was eating some M&Ms. I had to get some water to wash it down. What
3: are, uh, Just <laughs> before we start real quick, I know we got to go quickly here with the picks, but what do they give out at the Brinson household for candy? Caviar. Heavier. i wouldn't. it doesn't like would you like a lobster claw please uh, no we, you know what we we left a big we have venison chili for all you young children out there we left a um we left a big
0: bowl. of uh we had snickers there were some three musketeers i didn't feel like picking them out I don't like giving those out no self-respecting person no out. stink yeah, they stink. Uh, we had little mini packs of Skittles, mini packs of M&M's, and uh, mini packs of caramel M&M's, which are delicious.
3: Uh, can't be messing with M&M's. They're too good the way they are. Peanut or plain, right, RJ? Uh, Sure. <laughs>
0: Peanut? No, no, no. Peanut butter is the way to go. Oh yeah, no. oh, just that's, that's, Reese's that's, Pieces then. Yeah, right. That's what it becomes. It's been a stick. Yeah, Reese's Pieces is the best candy in the world. Why,
3: why would you do that? Why, why, <laughs> why would you? Why would you have an M&M that's with peanut butter? It's the same as a Reese's Pieces. <laughs> I, don't know.
0: I don't know. That's a good <laughs> question.
3: I hadn't thought about that. I, maybe I'm
0: brand loyal to M&Ms. By the way, I hope
3: I, your kid has all candy all week, and he drives you up a wall, and he's wired up the entire weekend. That's
0: already happened. Yes, we No, the there. entire
3: weekend. It lasts. You Sunday. know what's going to happen is this time next week
4: we're going to hear about Brinson talk about how he went 0-5, and, 5, and it's, it's because he gave his kid too much <laughs> candy, and yeah. he. Couldn't concentrate on
0: his
3: I'm going to try and come up with an excuse for me too
0: just a peek behind the curtain for all our loyal listeners who love this thing. <laughs> Pete's the first before we started the podcast. That Pete's like, you gotta hurry up. You gotta, we, I got, I got places to go. And now he's like, well, I do. I got to. I'm on the,
3: I'm on the show here in a bit. So um, yeah, we gotta hurry up.
0: In our pick six podcast picks, five and eight for me and RJ. Wah, wah, wah. RJ went minus four. I went minus six. Pete plus eight, nine and four. If I could do any math, which I can't, RJ fortunately can. Who's winning overall? I assume
3: it's you. No, I think RJ's winning.
4: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I didn't He didn't go that well. in,
3: he didn't go that in depth today. No. Yeah, I, I, track some every, candy. I track
4: every week. I don't think overall standings really matter since we RJ, started what, six gave you. Six, a, week I gave seven. you a
3: Snickers bar on Saturday, on Sunday at the inside there, didn't I? Wasn't that Sunday? Yeah, little yes. baby Snickers bar. You should have done the title it up then. Okay. <laughs> While the games were still going on, I would have tallied yeah. up all our. Yeah, I, afterwards,
0: I would have rather my son been on pure uncut cocaine last night than have been on all that candy. Oh my, my God! Candy. What
3: an awful <laughs> human being you are!
0: I'm just telling you, that's how jacked up he was. He was like up there, like watching like a like a Letterland video at like 10:30, like kicking his legs, like yelling.
3: Candy Ugh. doesn't do that to me. Neither does Red Bull. That's because you're immune to it. Red Bull. I got
0: ADD. Yeah, Red Bull ruins <laughs> your stomach. All right, let's go to the picks. RJ, coming up with some names. I I didn't pull the I didn't pull the audio of Pete going. Uh, what, what did you what, what did you say last week? I, I downloaded it, but I didn't pull it. Uh, anyway, this segment is if you could play only one, this is your best bet of the week. We each put four points on them. You only get to pick one
3: game. Pete, where are you going? My number one pick is the Denver Broncos i, I just, I'm not a big believer in that Houston Texans offensive line. I think those pass rushers are going to get home a bunch. They're going to force a bunch of turnovers. Uh, look, one point at home to the Texans. People are getting a little carried away. If you look at this Texans five-game winning streak, it's not nearly as impressive as it sounds. I will lay the points with the Broncos.
4: And the Broncos have the number three adjusted sack rate, so – you know, they're gonna really get to Houston Houston's O line has been playing a little bit better than, inside. We, than we inside expect. guys, really. But uh that's because they haven't really faced that great of a pass rush, you know, lately. So I think that's gonna change here while I'm also on Denver.
0: I am also on Denver and um I think that when you look at what this Denver game is, I know they're going to honor Demarius Thomas. I don't expect Demarius Thomas to make any sort of impact for the Texans in his uh, in his first de- in his first game debut there. I do, however, expect Cortland Sutton to make an impact, knowing that as they honor Demarius Thomas, he's sliding into that spot. And I think that the, the Broncos will try and feed him a little bit. I think you're going to see a lot of passing. They're not going to try and run against that front uh, too much, not, you know, not with guys all banged up and everything. And I think I think you see Case Keenum have a, a surprisingly nice game it's a secondary that you can throw in a little bit um so i like uh i like denver in this spot as well rj you're taking us to prime time for your best bet right
4: yeah, we've been on the Titans a lot, and you know, sometimes it's worked out, sometimes it hasn't. But one thing we've been consistently playing is against the Cowboys, when <laughs> they're huge favorites. And at six-and-a-half-point favorites, I don't really understand that. They're not that good of a team. Um, they've been the better team so far this year of these two, but I'm not trusting them to win by a touchdown, especially when the total is 41, which means that Vegas is expecting a low-scoring game. Lower scoring you get the less chance you have of covering a big number. So Tennessee has the better coaching staff. I think that matters coming off a bye. You give two weeks to prepare. I'm going to take the Mike Grable staff over the Jason Garrett staff. Tennessee's Rushdie is 11th in yards per carry. They could force Dak to beat them with the passing game, but I don't think he does. The Dallas offense is scoring less than two touchdowns per game. So that's another you know point to how are they going to cover a big number if they're not scoring a bunch of touchdowns. The look ahead line was Cowboys minus four. There's no reason for it to move two and a half points. Both these teams were off a bye. It's not like either one – you know, we had a game last week. So I think it, it moves solely because of the Amari Cooper trade, but I don't think we can expect a ton from him. And receivers don't really impact the line that much anyway, especially not two and a half points. So I think you're definitely getting value on Tennessee. I think it's going to be a low scoring game and it stays a field goal either way. So you want the points here.
3: Yeah. You know, I sent this in as a two last night and the more I looked at it and did the work on it today a little bit, I, l- I like it like you do, RJ. I, I just can't see why Dallas is laying six and a half unless I got a giant fish hook in my mouth. Uh, because uh, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. They're, they're not that much better. Their field goal better at best because of the home field advantage. Uh, makes no sense. So I, I like the. And Titans, they really don't have a good home field advantage. No, You've seen I know the they, years, haven't won, they haven't won much da- there.
4: Dallas usually plays better on the road. Like in, when I do my weighted home field numbers, they have the least home field advantage in the league, I give them one and a half points of home field. Um, so if you, you need them, if they're going to be three points, they better be better than the team they're playing. Anyway, I don't know that they're that much better than Tennessee in the first place. Six and a half. is just crazy value on Tennessee.
0: Yeah. I I, I bet Tennessee is a three, but I would have been fine with them as a four as well. Uh, 51% of the bets on the Titans, but 82% of the bets, uh, the, the money on the Titans, excuse me. And that's already up in like the, you know, 4,200 bet range, which is pretty high over at the action network. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of the, it's already one of their more popular played games. Games. It is interesting, though, that the line started at four and has since moved up. I think it's come maybe come back to we're playing it at six and a half, but it's come back to like five and a half. I just think that like Dallas, I get that they blew out Jacksonville, and I get that Tennessee hasn't looked great, but you know they have had a bye. I think their offense. Will, I think they'll figure out some ways to get their offense a little more active, and uh, they'll need to they'll need to use Marcus Marion. David Irving, by the way, suffered a uh, an injury and, and could and should be out for this game, so um, not an ideal situation for Dallas there. And I'm with you. I don't think Amari Cooper is that big a deal. My number one pick, I end up going with the Seattle Seahawks minus two at home against the Chargers. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The biggest Chargers fan in the entire world is selling the Chargers out. Selling out noted NC State alumnus Phillip Rivers for another NC State alum, Russell Wilson. I just think the Seahawks are playing really well right now. When you look at what they're doing, uh, uh, RJ, give you props, man. You were on this team before the season. I actually picked them to win the division. They're not going to do that, but at least makes me look respectable. Um, you've got the Seahawks in a, in a Super Bowl bet. This is a team that's played four and three. Has only played two games at home. Um, you know the Chargers are coming off a bye, but I don't think we've seen the Chargers truly screw anything up in a while. Everybody's buying into Anthony Lynn. Melvin Gordon might not play, and the Seahawks are running the ball really effectively. There's not going to be a Joey Bosa factor here. I think the Seahawks play an efficient offensive game. Cause Philip Rivers to turn the ball over once or twice and steal a steal a win again, that people don't think that they're going to get. And I would anticipate, um, and I'm not wrong. Well, actually, no, it looks like it's reverse here. The 51% of the bets on the Seahawks, 61% of the money on the Chargers. I don't like seeing that. I still like Seattle.
3: I don't. I like the Chargers. I don't love them, though. I'll be honest with you. I gave it a one here. Um, but, the, look, I think Rivers is going to go up there and throw on them. I know the defense has played better in Seattle. Uh, I get it. I understand it. I think they're running the ball. The line is offensive line is the big one of the biggest stories of the season so far. That how much better they've improved. Uh, even se- having said all that, I- I'm leaning to the Chargers in the game.
4: Chargers really haven't beat anybody. They won at Buffalo, at Cleveland. They won at home against San Fran, Oakland, Tennessee. I mean, the, those aren't impressive matchups. And I know oh, you say Seattle you beat? can only you can only beat who you play. Seattle's had some pretty solid ones. But the big trend you want to know for Seattle is that. Against the AFC in Russell Wilson's, in the Russell Wilson era since 2012, um, they're 12 and 0 at home straight up against the AFC. They're 8 and 4 against the spread. So they're used to these quality AFC teams. That includes Tom Brady, Patriots. That was his rookie year. You know, he beat them. That includes Deshaun Watson. You'll, you know, at his peak last year, they beat him. They, they've beaten, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. They, they just take care of business at home. So I do like Seattle to keep doing that as well. I think the Chargers really need Bosa back. They're just 28th in adjusted sack rate. And they need, um, you know, pass rush on both sides to take advantage of this line. I don't think he's going to come back this week. It looks like he's still not practicing. So I like Seattle well, as well. It could have been my four. Will talks about how Tennessee could have been his four. Seattle could very well have been my four. They're almost certainly going to my picks. Cowboys,
3: Cardinals, Raiders, and Lions. A lot of road games, though. But, no, well, Cowboys were at home, and the Raiders were at, on the road. You're right. Raider, Raiders were in London. London, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, they've only played at home
4: twice, obviously, but they're better at home. They come out of uh, the first half of the season with only two home games, and they're 4-3. and I mean, they they have some tough matchups all the rest of the way, so I'm not too confident in Mike to make the playoffs – Bet yet? It's at plus two sixty. Is, is where I got it, and this would be this would go a huge way to winning that. And they're the favorite, so you know but who knows if they come out of this one with the win. I really like them.
0: The Seahawks need to go two and two in the next four games. It's a brutal stretch. I don't have it in front of me. I don't think, but it's uh, it involves the Packers. It, you know, yeah, they got
4: the Rams after this game. Yeah. The Rams at home. Right, so it's, that's
0: it's Chargers. No Chargers at home. Rams on the road. Packers Rams at, at road. home. Packers at home on a on a Thursday night, and then the Panthers on the road. That's a tough stretch. The, I mean, the, the, just talking about the Seahawks to make the play also. Um, if you can, I don't, I assume the bet's not still out there. Five, four of their last five are at home. Three of those four against the, uh, and then three of the, three of the last five are against the, the 49ers, two of those games, and then the Cardinals, one of those games. So I, I still like their chances, but certainly this is a big game for the, for the Seahawks, and I think they know it. All right. Agree to disagree. Segment number two. We each have at least one strong play in this situation. Um, and uh, we'll start with Pete, who likes the Panthers as a strong
3: play. Yeah, I, I think uh, old Helium Balloon is going to show up to this ah. week. Uh, I do. I think he's going to morph into what he is, which is a, a average quarterback at best. And he should have had a couple picks last week. He's just not that good. I think Carolina is getting better. And the reason they're getting better is the young players are all growing up. Uh, you know, you saw more of the wide receiver, Jackson the corner. I think the pass rush is getting better. And surprisingly, One of the biggest shocks, you know, I talk about offensive line play in Seattle. One of the biggest surprises this year is the offensive line play in Carolina. Those guys have played good football lately. Cam Newton's having an MVP season. I I, I am not going to take that Tampa Bay defense, uh, I'm laying the points.
4: Yeah, Tampa Bay defense is bad, and, and Carolina should be able to exploit that, but I think Fitzpatrick will do enough to keep, keep up with that. It's not like the Carolina pass defense is that great either. And Tampa's only lost by more, my more than five just once, despite playing a tough schedule in the first half. So, this game is... What well, I gotta get,
3: last week was a little bit of, uh, come on.
4: Yeah, well, they had, they put the better quarterback in, and they finally did what they should have done. They should have won that game running away. With Stop Fitzpatrick it. under, Stop of course it. they should have. Stop Winston that. was terrible. He Winston's, was terrible. He's but
0: awful. it. Winston stinks. Uh, you put Vince, even
4: an average quarterback in there, they win that game.
0: I, my, you got a gift. I got the I got the Buccaneers in this game, and not because I. The six and a half is definitely fishy. Like it's it's like they're begging people to take the Panthers. I think this is just a game where. And look, I wrote about Cam Newton on uh, on Thursday for my quarterback rankings. He's playing. Incredible football. He's like top five quarterback right now in the NFL. I think like at this very moment, it might change by the end of this weekend. Um, North Turner, what he's doing with the offense is outstanding. It's helped the offensive line. It's helped the receivers. Um, it's helping Cam's efficiency. All of that. I think the Panthers are a much better team than the Buccaneers. Having said that, this is a, this is a game where. The Panthers are gonna to read too much there's just too much written about the Panthers and the Buccaneers are gonna go in there and beat Carolina in in, in Charlotte. It's just gonna be a weird game. Uh maybe they stomp maybe they curb stomp. Them. I don't know. I I, I think Oh, so
3: they're gonna win the game, the Bucs.
0: I think they could win the game. I'm picking Carolina. I think they're not
3: going I, that far. I don't think it's possible. I and mean, field
4: goal either way.
0: Yeah, I, I just think I think this is a get, Carolina is it's still who we thought they were. Like they're a game, the team that's going to win games that they, they shouldn't win. Like smash Baltimore and then lose at home to the Buccaneers. I just I don't I think
3: I smell a contest pick for RJ. Maybe
4: <laughs>
0: it's, it's
3: it's in there. I'm not yeah. as strong as
4: Tampa as you are in Carolina, but it's in there.
0: My concern with Tampa is that they if like they're down. 17-3 at half, they might yank Fitzpatrick for Winston.
3: No, they can't do that. Why? I, why not? not? Not in the middle of the game, they can't do they that. Not in, like, not in the first week after the
0: Like may, no. Maybe
4: a little, maybe, bit, right. maybe the next week. Maybe the next Guys,
0: week. they've already done it twice this year. Like, why can't yeah, they're they not gonna
3: do, it, they're not gonna do it again? No, but sure. not, in, not back-to-back games, they're not gonna make that.
0: What switch. is Dirt Cutter
3: thinking right now, Pete? I was trying to save his ass.
0: <laughs> I mean, I know that. I mean, like, <laughs> what do you mean, what is he thinking? <laughs> All right. Uh, no, I, was, I mean, I, I just didn't know, like, is he – what's he thinking with this quarterback situation? Like, what's the, what's the plan? What's the logic? Doesn't seem like there's anything there.
3: Well, he thinks Fitzpatrick gives him a better chance to win. He's got to win. You think he thinks that?
0: Yes. Or he just doesn't want to lose the locker room?
3: No, he thinks that. Why does he care about the locker room? He's going to be gone. He's going to lose the whole thing next in the end of the year. He didn't care about the locker room. All
0: right, fair enough. Uh I will take the Patriots here. Pete, you you have the uh the Packers, I believe. I am taking the Patriots in this spot minus 6 at home against Green Bay um, because you know what? Aaron Rodgers is, like, they're deflated. They, they just lost a brutal game. They were, they should have won. They should have beaten the Rams, should have knocked LA off, uh, you know, into the undefeated run. They had him on the ropes. They let him back in it. Um, they get, you know, Ty Montgomery fumbles the kickoff instead of letting Aaron Rodgers go down and score. And then this, like, the subsequent week, they trade haha Clinton Dix. And now they've got to get up and travel to, freaking foxborough for a sunday night game patriots are rolling patriots didn't give their all-out gas can play against the buffalo bills it might get sony michelle back i think the patriots win by a touchdown here
3: i'm taking aaron Rodgers in points i will always take aaron Rodgers and that many points on the road i don't care if it's anywhere uh against like i said last week against the 85 bears i'm taking the points Uh, And you know what? Their defense is playing better. Those corners are growing up. Alexander played great last week. King's getting better.
0: Hey, don't put him Uh, in, don't put him in Canton yet, okay? No, I'm
3: not putting him in Canton yet. I'm just saying they're getting better. No, that's what, you heard Belchak say that, right? Yeah. Did he say, oh, about it? No, no, because when he
0: prayed, he's like, Jair Alexander's like, that guy's great. He's fantastic. Great young corner. And somebody was like, so is he like one of the best corners ever? He's like, just settle down. Don't put him in Canton yet.
3: But, uh, I, look, the Patriots are a good team, obviously, and they didn't play very well Monday night. It is a, it is a short week for them, but they are at home, and Packers are playing consecutive row games, which I hate, but I'd take Rodgers in the points. Yeah, you said you're not
4: picking against Rodgers with the points. I'm not picking against New England at home. They were 8-0 against the spread before only beating Kansas City by three, and some people might have got it at three, It close three and a half. So technically that's a loss, but it's not like they, they didn't play well in that game. I mean, they, uh, 43-40. Um, and then the Packers are just seven and fifteen against the spread November since 2013. That typically could is be where it falls apart a little bit. They were two and two last year with no Rodgers, so let's not chalk that up to just the Brett Hundley experience. You know, two and two against the spread last year. You take that out, then you're just looking at five and thirteen before last year in, in September. So this isn't a great team in November. They're playing probably the best home home field advantage team in the league. So um, I think I'm going to take them.
0: Uh, also in the AFC East, you got the uh, New York Jets, RJ.
4: Yeah, um uh, New York Jets at Miami uh If we get another game with Brock Osweiler, I like the Jets here. DVOA likes Miami, but of course that has something to do with Tannehill. Miami's allowed 27-plus points in five straight, so the Jets' offense has a better chance for success here than they did against the Vikings and the Bears in their last two. Um, The Miami defense has been run all over. They've given up 181 yards per game in their last five, going one and four straight up in that that stretch. And the Jets need success running the ball to take the pressure off Darnold. So if they do get that here, it's going to be an easier game for him. Um, If Tannehill was back, I'd like the Jets less. I think – the Jets win out right in this matchup.
3: Jets are 1-8, and, and they're straight up in their last nine on the road. Make it 1-10. They're not very good. Miami's not, good either. Miami's not, not, not good, good either. Miami's not good either. No, Miami's not good either. But uh, I, I think Miami will find a way at home uh, in this game. And, and, look, I don't love the game, but I'd play Miami before I play the Jets on back-to-back road games with a rookie quarterback, too.
0: Yeah, it, the back-to-back road games concerning, I do like the fact that they're going from Chicago, bad weather, to Miami Good weather, where Sam Darnold with his tiny little baby hands and his sweet sweet love of the California sun can get comfortable. I'm, I'm being sarcastic. I love Sam Darnold. Um, Pete doesn't like his tiny little baby hands. Uh, I just think I think that, I don't know. I think it's gonna be a close game. I'm gonna take the points here. I, I don't want to bet on Brock Osweiler. He stinks. The Dolphins are reeling. Uh, DVOA defensively, they have fallen from third uh, down to 23rd in like the last three weeks. This is a team that's not very good. They realize it. They should have traded for some uh, draft picks at the trade deadline, and they didn't do that pete what about uh your atlanta falcons coming off a bye headed outdoors speaking of bad weather
3: falcons are 5-0 and against the redskins in their last five and the average margin is eight um i love this offense i think they've cranked it up all that talk about sark being over his head is now been put to the side ryan's playing great football look i love the redskins defensive front seven don't get me wrong i think they're fantastic but this, to me, is is a game where Atlanta can get back into wild-card contention. I think they do go up there. Ryan has a nice day against the back end over there. And even with HaHa Clinton-Dix, I think that uh, Ryan. this is a Ryan. And Julio is going to touch the end zone this week with the ball in his hand. Bold prediction. With the ball in his hand.
0: Um, I like the Redskins here. I think they're being undervalued, uh, they've, clearly, by Vegas. Only minus one and a half. I do worry – that the Redskins have been involved in these like slow it down grinders, and I'm not sure that um, you know like if Atlanta can get in the track meet and can and can really start moving the ball, then I, I'd be very concerned. I think that the Redskins can slow them down, run the ball with Adrian Peterson. as a bad defense, and uh, and 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 I, I think the Redskins defense is one of the best in the NFL, top five defense that people aren't talking about. Uh, RJ, you like the Rams, and I switched to the Rams today actually, but I'll let you make the argument for them over the Saints now plus one and a half in the contest they got steamed on thursday they're minus one and a half in real life
4: now. yeah you, you finally saw the light the saints have looked excellent lately and no, nobody's going to deny that but we can get points here with an eight no undefeated team that looks like the super bowl favorite i think you have to take the points in that situation um you look at the stats there's a huge yards per play differential difference here the rams are plus 0.9 yards per play but uh, it, uh, offense better than defense saints are right at even so the saints There you can't rely on that stat, you know, as the end all be all because the Patriots always lag behind in that stat too, and they never have problems winning and covering. So I wouldn't treat that as as like the end all be all stat, but it's still something. Then you look at DVOA. DVOA the Rams are have a 32.9 percent better than average, and the Saints are 13.2 percent. So that's another statistic that says the Rams are playing much better than the Saints on the season. Both teams have an elite pass offense, but the Rams are much better in pass defense. They rank sixth in DVOA against 29th with the Saints, and that's really the one spot where these teams differ, and obviously if you have a weakness, the Rams are going to exploit it. I think New Orleans could try to find success with the run, but if the Rams are throwing up 38, 41 points, the run isn't going to get you there, and you're going to have to start relying on the pass, and the Rams' defense show that that they should be able to handle that. I think it's going to be a fun game, but again, if you can get points with an 8-0 team, just take the points.
3: Yeah, I'm on the other side on that one. I I think the Saints' defense is growing up. I, I don't like the fact that Davenport's not there. But I, I think they're getting better and better, and uh, they, they're hard to run on. I mean, they're number one in the league against the run, and that's what, you know, the Rams predicate, the offense is predicated on Gurley. I think this is a great matchup. I think both teams are going to score points, though, uh, but I, I would lean to the home team in this spot.
0: Uh, what about, uh, I'm not going to, RJ made the points. I think it's going to be a close game. I want the Rams. I think people are going to be all over the Saints.
3: Um, I think also, people are going to be all over the Rams.
0: You think so? I don't know.
3: Yep. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the betting the number the number has moved, hasn't it? Isn't it now? Somebody said,
4: yeah, two. yeah, it moved toward the Rams. I wonder if that has to do partly with Marcus Davenport's injury. You know, they, he got announced. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday as being out a few weeks. So I, I wonder if people were waiting to see how the line moved and they sell out value with the Rams and they jumped on it now. So who knows?
0: I don't know. I mean, I mean, like I, uh, I don't know. I mean, like it said, no, it said, I mean, like said. I mean, I saw somebody from Jeff Schwartz who does work at the Action Network said it got steamed. Like there's a, an actual steam play on the Rams that shot it up to one and a half. Um, it's 51% of the bets on, and, uh, and 51% of the money on the Rams. So I, I think it's just a close game. But again, I, I don't know. I, am fading, I faded the Saints two weeks in a row. You'd think I would lose, learn my lesson and go the other way. But instead I'm going to ram my head into a wall and, uh, and, and, fade the Saints one more time. These are our whatever of us. Was that what Pete, what did you say last week, Pete? Whatever? That was it. Yeah. What
3: was it? What did you say? Whatever. What, whatever. Whatever, whatever. Whatever,
0: whatever. Pete, can you say whatever, whatever? I do what I want. <laughs> what do you, whatever, whatever. whatever I do what I want. <laughs> That's in <laughs> <from laughs> South Park. We'll freeze from that. Uh, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Look, uh, you can take it, Pete. You had the strongest lean with a two point play on Baltimore. Uh, RJ and I both had one point plays on Pittsburgh.
3: Yeah, and again, this is not a game I love. Uh, these games can go either way, and you're giving points uh, to a Pittsburgh team that's actually playing pretty good football. And Baltimore was terrible last week, but I think their defense bounces back this week. I, I do. I think they're going to be all over. Roethlisberger are at home, uh, and the fact that they are at home, that's why I kind of lean that way. I'll take the Ravens. This is,
4: these teams play a lot of close matchups. You're used to seeing them two points, three points here and there, so I think whoever's getting the points is probably the smart play. P- Pittsburgh looks like they're rounding into form. The defense is playing well. They've given up 56 points in their last three games. They're number six in net yards per attempt on the year, so they've shown the propensity to shut down some passing games. On the Baltimore side, they have a great defense, too. Nobody's gonna, gonna, um, say that they don't, but they're just 23rd in DVOA against the tight end. And we know between the 20s, that's what Pittsburgh likes to do. They, you see them hitting Vance McDonald, you know, over and over through, throughout the last few weeks. And I think they can have success doing that here. The Baltimore O line isn't as healthy as they were in the earlier matchup when they won. I think that matters against this Pittsburgh defense that's playing well. And the Baltimore D is also, struggled in the red zone lately so pittsburgh can get those touchdowns when they get there if you like pittsburgh i say play it at three it's going to get down to two and a half at some point so it's at plus three now it's plus three now is a Thursday. If it's still there Friday when you're listening to this and you like Pittsburgh, take them because, um, the people that, are, that want the Ravens are waiting for two and a half.
0: Mm, interesting. And, uh, the numbers on that 76% of the bets are on Pittsburgh, 70% of the money. I've got <laughs> Buffalo. Get out of here. This, this, is a turd sandwich with Buffalo plus 10. I'm taking, I'm voluntarily taking Nathan Peterman in the points, gentlemen. That's right. Give I'm me- with you.
3: I'm with you. Here's it. both crazy! All because of the defense. That's all. I don't. I think the Bears are going to struggle on offense. I take the defense. I think he's awful. If he. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. If he turns the ball over and does a Peterman, they're not covering the number.
4: The Bears could cover this number just on defense, getting pick sixes. Well,
3: that's what I'm saying. But if he if he doesn't, they're not going to cover the number. And I'm okay. just guessing that he doesn't. If, or maybe it's one. If he's a top five quarterback, they're going to win this game running away. But he's not. No. It's, so, I, I think the Bills will play good defense and keep it close.
0: I think Sean, I think Sean McDermott, like nobody is, nobody's counting on them. I mean, this is a 69% of the uh, bets, 70% of the money on the Bears. It's gone up to 10. I, I mean, I would like, I mean, I wouldn't like, it's just too many points. Mitchell Trubisky can't be laying 10 points on the road, even though Mitchell Trubisky's on pace to be the second quarterback ever to, uh, to throw for 3,500 yards, 30 touchdowns and rush for 600 yards in a single season. Joining Cam Newton, who is also on pace to do it for a second time if they
4: get to 13 points they're covering it's the number one defensive dvoa the bills have no chance of scoring i think the play here just forget about the 10 because you know the reason you guys are playing the bills is because it's 10 points for a home dog, yes. and I looked into it, and that's happened 31 times that there's been a, a, a team that's been the, a home dog multiple times in a season of 10 points or more. And 27 of the 30, they haven't, you know, dropped both games, you know, so it is a pretty good percentage of them playing. So I think if you are worried about Chicago covering because of the offense, because of Trubisky, just play the under on the Bills team total. It's gonna be, because the spread's at 37.5, mm. it's gonna be 14, maybe 13.5. They're not getting there. There's no way they get there. And
0: what if they score two defensive touchdowns? Yeah, they're not. Okay, alright, fair enough. Uh, I, like um, I, I don't, I don't like the 10. I'll take the 10. Pete, you got KC minus 8 at Cleveland. <laughs> Immediately fades a home dog, giant home dog after taking the Bills.
3: Huh? Yeah, well, is, look, I think Cleveland's gonna get a little rejuvenated in the first quarter, so play them in the first quarter, and then they'll settle back into who they are, and Mahomes will light them up. Greg Williams is gonna blitz them, uh, which I think is the way to play them. But he doesn't have the horses to do that. I think it's going to be a problem. I think Mahomes has a big day. Uh, you know, the one concern I have, if Chubb can run the ball consistently against that defense and keep him off the field, then they'll probably cover the number. But, uh, I don't love the game, but I'd lean the Chiefs in
4: the second. 32nd rush defense, DVOA Chiefs. So if, if it seems like a pretty good bet on that, on that one. Hmm. Now I'm on the KC side too, because I do think that they'll fall apart in the second half and Casey will just keep rolling. So, but I think Will is on the Browns, right?
0: I am on the Browns. I just think that Greg Williams, I got. God dang it! What am I doing with these explanations? Yeah, what said, are you doing? <laughs> I just think Greg Williams is going to inspire this team. I don't know. I think I think Baker Mayfield is going to play. Play have a good game. Like a, I didn't really like you, and I now I'm going to go out and sling it around a little bit. Game. I want to show uh, Mahomes up. I'm not going to let this guy. We play. You know, we went head to head in college. I'm not just going to let him whip up on me. And the Browns defense. You know, they need to show up for their boy Greg. Greg, uh, with three G's. Uh, so I'll take the Browns. I don't like, I don't like the Browns. I don't like the Bills. I had to make a pick. I've taken the points, um, at home because I'm not a, because you know, I'm not a, I'm not some square like you clowns. Um, segment number four, the final segment. These, Pete, are known as the losers. <laughs> I was hoping, I was hoping you would do it, but I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Jesus. It's like, we don't know what happened at the approximate thirty-five. RJ's mark- got
3: a little taste of me, the, a taste of my stuff in the season d- inside the green room. Is two minutes into the game, I go, that thing's rotten. It's a loser. You and Nick, I swear, you're to the God. most optimistic you guy been, like, in the league. You're the most optimistic. A football guy game ever. is
4: sixty minutes, but you
3: see, you guys seem not to know that he's no, down uh, like uh, he's uh, down twenty-two uh, in the fourth quarter. He's like, oh, there's still a chance. RJ, <laughs> and RJ, then, and then the Bucks cover. Yeah, R-
0: wow. RJ, so. RJ, <laughs> RJ, slacks me at like one fifteen. He's like, why? Did I take the Browns. <laughs>
3: um, but, oh, so he's doing that too.
0: By the way, you should have finished yeah, that sentence. You, you almost dropped a RJ got a little taste of me in the green room this season. Oh, <laughs> I did, and I got to think I, you were, <laughs> yeah, your
3: mind was, was in the gutter there, Brenton. You're an evil. You're uh, Gotta cut that out too. He meant Halloween candy.
0: This is our. There's only one pick left on the slate. Um, and we all got banged. In fact, somebody, some clown, left a review on iTunes. It's like these guys suck at gambling. They all picked Minnesota. Minnesota lost thirty to ten. What's up with that? And one-star review. Like, I mean, sorry, we missed one pick. We took the Vikings last week in the Super Contest. We all missed it. It was our best bet of the week. It cost everybody a lot of money.
4: And that game goes different if Adam Thielen doesn't fumble. I Probably mean, that so. would that changed the
3: whole thing. But I would they, have had a five and week.
0: And if Stephon Diggs doesn't stop on that route.
3: Yeah, and if someone that does, pick that ball was getting picked off, even if he doesn't stop, but maybe a maybe it's
0: not a pick six, maybe at least. Oh,
3: no, it was a yeah. terrible throw because um, they were getting the ball. That that uh that fumble happened right before right. The first, first half. They were
4: getting the ball back. I know that game, so they were going to be up six, getting the ball back, and who knows how that game goes. So blame blame Thielen, of yeah, course, blame of course. Thielen. worst receiver in the league.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. we have all got Minnesota minus four and a half uh, against Detroit. I mean, I I'm going to take an R.J analytical approach to this one basically the line opened at seven and I think that if the Vikings had beat the Saints which I think was a very conceivable outcome of that game if they score if the doesn't fumble uh, then the line is seven or seven and a half and I like Detroit a lot but they just traded Golden Tate which is a weird move for a team that thinks it's contending uh, this this line to me is undervaluing Minnesota's home field advantage uh, as well as the fact that Kirk Cousins is playing well, and they're slinging the ball around a little bit. And I like uh, I like the Vikings to win this game and to win pretty big.
4: Yeah, Minnesota gets four points of home field for me, so all they have to do is be a point better than Detroit, and I think they're much better than that. My power rating line has it as Minnesota eight and a half. Wow. The the look ahead line was Minnesota minus six. The fact that it's dropped to four and a half doesn't really make any sense to me because Minnesota is still a good team, you know, despite what happened last week. Um, I don't think you can trust Detroit against a good team on the road, against a good defense. on Johnson may have success running, but Minnesota's number five in yards per carry allowed. So they could shut him down a little bit and force Stafford to beat him with that secondary. I don't think it's going to happen. So uh Detroit has bad, you know, bad advanced stats, bad against bad in DVOA against the run and the pass. Uh, D- Kirk Hudson's is going to get what he wants here. Minnesota will win running away.
3: I agree. And this is one of my contest plays, by the way. It, no doubt. It's already going in there. I think the Vikings are the better team. I don't. This line looks funny to me. It should be, like you said, it should be a lot more. I don't know why, but I, I like Minnesota.
4: Is it a contest play for you too, Will? I think it probably is. Which means, yeah, I don't know if
3: we can all three go on this no. again.
4: <laughs> Might have to stay away.
0: No, we bounce back. You go to the Vikings. Double down on the Vikings. Double down on Mike Zimmer. He's not letting them lose twice in a row. But speaking of our consensus plays, we'll get out of here on this top five for the week. Denver minus one versus Houston. That's a ten-point play. Tennessee plus six and a half at Dallas. That's a nine point play. Minnesota minus four and a half, uh, versus Detroit, eight point play. Seattle minus two versus, uh, the Chargers. Pete's off of that one, but that's a six point play for us. And then because of Pete's love for the Saints plus one and a half, uh, we have the Saints as the fifth consensus play, but that's only a three point play. So a lot, a lot more different this week. That, um, that
4: was a consensus play. It's not anymore because you switched to the Rams.
0: Uh, I didn't, so I didn't read, there, the, there's I, really
4: not a fifth
3: consensus play at this point.
0: I didn't read the right rundown, did I?
3: You know what? You got, you got all caught up in, uh, Jeff Schwartz saying that steaming on it and you change your pick.
0: No, you know what happened? Was yes, I, you did. No, I looked at, I'd, I'd already changed it on, I'd already changed he it. He saw
3: that I had the Rams and he changed his pick. That's
0: right. Yeah. I saw RJ had. No, I looked at the uh, CBS Sports Expert page and it's like seven out of nine, seven out of eight guys, all but one had the, the Saints. That's too, too much.
3: Too Stay much. with the hot, hot guy. Did you see what Jamie and Dave did last week? They brought, they went 12 to 2 against the spread. They both did? Yeah. I mean, I went 10 and 4 and I was like, had a bad week compared to them.
0: Yeah, um, you sure did. And you are, uh, you're now, ooh, what's that? You and I are tied in the, uh, overall season standings. We are six games back. It's November,
3: baby. I get hot in November, too. I get hot.
0: Can you, uh, those are hot flashes, Pete. That's I, I get
3: hot, but I'm going to be on 5 this week with my contest.
0: i am on 0-5-0 this week. This is where <laughs> I make a This is, let's make a run at Costas. Uh, follow J, uh, RJ White at RJ White1 on Twitter. Check out his stuff on sportsline.com. You can use promo code White to get all the gambling information, news, notes, and DFS lineups for $1 for the first month. Watch Pete Prisco on CBS Sports HQ. Basically every hour of the day, Pete is on CBS Sports HQ. So for the 8 a.m. show on Thursday morning, I was on there. Um, Follow Pete at Prisco C Prisco at C B S. Always a pleasure, guys.